You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. is good everybody welcome to the look ahead part of the SB Nation NFL show I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside RJ Ochoa and if you can't tell I am in a good mood RJ because it's back baby we have football and it is on television tonight Good morning, good afternoon, good night, Stats. Um, I'm really upset that you're trying to encroach on my territory of being excited because you're like, I'm excited. Football's here. Guess what, Stats? The Dallas Cowboys are playing. You can't have this. This is mine and mine alone. I'm the Cowboys guy. We play tonight. Everything's about us. America's team. It's going to be amazing. Are you a we guy? You just dropped a we in there. Hell yeah, I'm a we guy. I mean, Me too. I, I, I think it's the dumbest thing when people say you can't say we. Hell yeah, I can say we. I've been rooting for this team my entire life. I mean, I have so much emotional energy, so many financial commitments. Like, you know, they they are my life. I mean, talking about me personally here. So, yeah, I can say we. I'm going to say we. We are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if we don't, it's fine. It's a meaningless game. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm totally on board. I say we. I've been associated with the 49ers for a hell of a lot longer than most of the people currently on the roster. Let's just be honest. I say we. I don't care. Some people think it's stupid or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not into those judgy sport fans. Don't wear a jersey. Don't say we. Don't tell me how enthusiastic I can be about something I love, okay? Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, the jersey thing's a weird one to me. Like, um, I've heard before, you know, a rule like you can't wear a jersey of a player who's older or younger than you. Why not? I mean, like, there's I'm, I'm going to have his jersey. I'm going to have him on my fantasy team. I'm going to be his teammate in my creative team on Madden when, you know, hopefully the game gets good again sometime <laughs> in the future to a point that I can purchase it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like all these rules and, you know, little things are silly. I'm excited. We're both in a good mood because football is back. Three big topics we're going to talk about on the show today. First, the Deshaun Watson rumors, which bubbled up out of nowhere last night, which I have a little behind the curtain story about that we'll get to. And then we will take a break. And we'll then when we come back, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame game, some things we want to see, and the Hall of Fame inductions, RJ, which are Saturday and Sunday because they're doing last year's class and this year's class. So we got a full jam-packed show today. I don't know if excited is the right word. It's it's not exciting to talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, but I do feel like, again, I don't want to call it progress, but I do feel like the story is evolving at least. Um, I'm I'm just ready for the NFL or the legal system or somebody to step in so that we can have a resolution here. That's I'm excited about a resolution to this potentially. I don't know that we're near a resolution to part of it, which I think the biggest part, and that's the the legal side of things. 
Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to take people behind the curtain a little bit. So I was hosting the NFL show Daily Kickoff this morning. Oh, uh, so you and... refer to it as hosting, you know? Okay, not not all of us refer to it as that, but that's okay, stats. What you do know? you refer to it as? I don't know. I I did the daily is how I would have said that, but you know, it is. We 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 all handle it differently. Hey, you know what I mean? Like you know, we we all have a cup of tea. And stats literally has a cup of tea, by the way, while we're recording right now. I do. You got to keep the look. My voice is my livelihood. I got to keep the instrument in prime condition. Tell us about your hosting, though. Tell us. So I'm doing the daily, putting all the stories together, recording the whole thing. And we have a Slack channel, me, you, Pete Sweeney and Michael Kist, our boss. And we put everything that we put in the daily in the Slack channel so that we don't repeat ourselves from one day to the next. Well, I finalized everything and I sent it to you guys at 10 51 p.m. Eastern time last night. Just about to log off, I checked Twitter at 10.52 p.m. Chris Chapasso from CBS Sports tweets, source, talks are heating up between the Eagles and Texans on a Deshaun Watson trade. Still some hurdles to get over, both sides attempting to come to an agreement. And the first word out of my mouth was to swear because I knew I had to do the whole thing over again because that was the biggest story of the day. Deshaun Watson and the Eagles seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah, so first of all, again, just fully letting everybody know how the sausage is made. We've all been there, right? Like, we've all submitted the daily, scheduled it, felt like everything's awesome, and then boom, you know, just you got to go re-record, and it sucks. But kudos to Stats <laughs> for being the hardest-working guy um, at SB Nation. Yeah, this was weird when it popped up, and it was weird how seriously um, it got taken. And I'm not trying to doubt Chris's reporting or anything like that. In fact, uh, there's a great write-up on this whole sort of timeline saga stats at Bleeding Green Nation, our home for Philadelphia Eagles content, if you want to ruin your life by consuming content of the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, the incomparable BLG wrote about this, and he noted because, you know, People tend to wonder, People like some people say, who's this person, who's that person? Uh, Chris Chapasso last year was one of the first people in on the Indianapolis Colts acquiring DeForest Buckner and signing him to the extension that they did. So, I mean, he's somebody who has broken NFL news before. He has some credence, credence here uh, in this space. Um, but um, the interesting thing to me, Stats, is the way that everything does kind of seem to be lining up. Now, Deshaun Watson has not practiced this week. Uh, it has been a foot-ankle issue that the Texans are saying is what is going on with him. Um, and so whether you believe that, that's fine. Uh, but for what it's worth, the Philadelphia Eagles brain trust, contingency, front office group, whatever, did have a meeting themselves uh, this week on Tuesday. And so if you are a believer in conspiracy theories or you're a believer in connecting dots, it makes sense to believe that the Philadelphia Eagles brain trust, uh, which in this particular moment included Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Andy Weidel, and Nick Sirianni, um, post Tuesday, if Deshaun Watson is not practicing or talking about like, hey, you know, it's happening. You know, we've ordered the code red or whatever. Um, <laughs> and for what it's worth, this week, the Philadelphia Eagles cleared over $14 million in salary cap space. And now they have $16.1 million in totality. Deshaun Watson, for them to acquire him, they'd have to take on $10.5 million. So uh, mm. great dot connecting by BLG that the Eagles met together at the same time. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson was practicing last week, but at the same time, Deshaun Watson was mysteriously pulled entirely from Texas practice or Texans practice 
and the Eagles organization happened to create some salary cap space just in time for this. So it is believable. You know what I mean? Like the, the variables are there to believe that this is happening. It's just a matter of understanding whether or not it actually is going to. It's very strange. Something it seems like was happening uh, for what it's worth. Aaron Wilson came out and said that no trade is imminent or developing at this time for Deshaun Watson, according to sources. While there is interest, he tweeted, teams are conducting extensive due diligence, complex legal situation, and the no trade clause are all difficult factors to work through. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk has also uh, agreed with Wilson. He says that a source tells him that things are not heating up with Deshaun Watson and the Eagles. How could they, RJ? That's my question. There are 22 civil cases against Deshaun Watson and 10 criminal complaints. How can you consider giving up anything for Deshaun Watson until all of that is resolved? I have no idea. Um, I mean, the reports out of Eagles camp, a lot of them from Bleeding Green Nation, are that Jalen Hurts, like, before I go down this path, I want to say I'm just talking about the football of it all. But you are completely right, Stats. Like, you have to get through an enormously large mountain of a variable before you can even begin to discuss the football. But on the subject of just the football, I mean, Jalen Hurts has not looked great to start camp so far, um, which is unideal. But so maybe you could tell yourself, again, do the football you know prism here like well if they get Deshaun Watson they can compete now but they can't like that roster's terrible you know what I mean like why would you why would you believe now like time is of the essence if you're an Eagles fan like they're not in some win now sort of window where they're a quarterback away type thing um beyond that um this this week in particular you know it's it has seemed like the Eagles third first round pick from next year that belongs to the Indianapolis Colts is not going to belong to them after all. So, you know, like I I could again, understand is a weird way to put this, but I could kind of understand this if instead of the, the reports that have happened with Carson Wentz so far over the last week, if instead it was like, man, Carson looks amazing, right? Like if, if all the reports out of Indianapolis were like, this dude has it back or whatever, then it would look like, okay, the first round pick is, is on pace to, to actually belong to Philadelphia. So then you could kind of understand, okay, the Eagles are operating under the premise that they do have three first-round picks. That's why they can move forward this. Like, they can't even – they couldn't even trade it anyway, like, even if they wanted to, right? Like, I don't know if they can trade the contingency. But um, – so the, the football of it all is extremely complicated. But the, the life of it all is even more complicated. I have no idea why the Eagles would – I don't. I, if I was, if I was Howie Roseman, if I was Jeffrey Lurie, I would shut this down so hard. I would not want to be associated with this story, with this quarterback, with this person. I mean, Jalen Hurts, whether you think he's a fine NFL quarterback or not, does seem like a really stand-up individual. That would be the guy that I would be elevating within my franchise right now. It is weird that we've heard that the Eagles were in on Deshaun Watson. This is not new, right? Like, we've all known that the Eagles had serious interest in Deshaun. Uh, we got news uh, this week that the Panthers were, quote, quietly monitoring him. So, like, it's not even that the Eagles are the only ones. There are multiple teams interested in him, and you know how it works, RJ. Exceptions get made for the stars, and it, the other guys just get cut. And Deshaun Watson is the star of stars. And so, if... And again, I don't know how this is going to happen because there's just so much legal baggage here. But if somehow that gets resolved, T 
teams are going to be interested in him. And they honestly, I don't even think they'll care necessarily how it gets resolved. They just want it to be over. Like Michael Vick went to jail and came back and played multiple years. Like if this legal stuff is resolved with Watson, he's going to be playing for somebody. Yeah, and that's something that BLG and I actually talked about in the NFC's mixtape. Um, he made a point, you know, you can look at that situation a little bit differently. Again, you know, we're still waiting for the legal process to play itself out with Deshaun Watson, but you you can look at the Michael Vick situation and say he he paid his his debt to society, you know, but wh- whether you, you know, no, I don't think anybody approves, but whether you approve or not of, of what sent him to prison, um, you know, you, you, can, you can make that argument in a literal sense that, you know, he... He atoned for his his crimes, you know, and and that was you know that was when the Philadelphia Eagles signed him at least, uh, and then teams after that subsequently. But that's I just this is such a radioactive situation. I can't imagine. I mean, we see teams avoid signing players for way more benign reasons than this, you know. So I just, I mean, to your point, stats. Everybody in the NFL is so desperate to win, and again getting back to the football of it all, maybe the Eagles feel like Deshaun Watson is truly that special of a quarterback. They're willing to go down this path. But the Eagles specifically, I mean, a team that was just in this, you know, ultra quicksand funk gunk with their quarterback situation, I feel like the next guy you want to commit to is not this one. You know what I mean? Like this, this, even if Deshaun Watson is allowed back on the field at a certain point in time, the next one you commit, like for all Carson Wentz's football flaws and arrogance flaws, he is seemingly a stand-up individual. And so, I mean, you're going in the polar opposite direction of that here to be the face of your franchise, a franchise whose fan base and population is so toxic sometimes, all do credit to Eagles fans that they in part broke the previous quarterback. I mean, you know, like I, I just, I, none of these things are compatible with one another, which is why I don't know why the Eagles want to even consider this as an option. Something must have happened to get Trapasso to tweet that out. And I was trying to think last night as I, my head hit the pillow, like what could have happened when you hit the pillow at like 3 AM? Cause yes. you were working hard burning the night oil. <laughs> um, is the, I don't know, like maybe this is just mad the Homer in me, but do you think it's possible that with all the good news coming out of 49ers camp about Trey Lance, about how oh good he looks, do you think okay. it's possible that the Texans talked to the 49ers and said, hey, we want Jimmy Garoppolo? And the 49ers said, hey, we're open to that, but we need to make sure that Lance is the guy. I'm just saying Lance had a couple good days of practice. Is it possible that the Niners reached out to the Texans and said, hey, if you want to have discussions about this, we're willing to talk about it, which then caused the Texans to reach out to the Eagles and say, hey, let's talk about the Sean Watson. Are, is that too much dot connecting there or, or is that rational to you? I don't think it's rational at all. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't think that I can't even buy like 1% of that, mostly because it hinges on an NFL team wanting Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I think for me, the, the biggest like, you know, potential, you know, like dot that you can connect is, and I, I don't think there is one, but is maybe there, maybe the Eagles felt like maybe the thing that's pushing them hypothetically here is that they feel a threat 
towards acquiring Watson next year because right like that's that's what the the like the take is here right like this guy's not going to get moved if he doesn't get moved until 2022 everybody thinks like if the NFL finally does step in, they're going to put them on the commissioner's exempt list. Their, their go away, we'll deal with it later, procrastination list. And we'll figure this out in 2022. And all signs have pointed to the Eagles having the draft capital to be eligible to acquire him then. Again, that took a hit this past week with Carson Wentz's injury. But so, I mean, to me, the idea would, would be that the Eagles view another team as a competitor. Because maybe at the beginning of this week, I, I couldn't think of one. I mean, maybe you want to throw out the Broncos. Maybe you want to throw out the Dolphins. I don't think that the Packers are a viable landing spot for Deshaun Watson if Aaron Rodgers is gone. But but if you play that that dance out, like if Aaron Rodgers does move on, if he goes to Denver, which at least right now feels like the heavy favorite of non-Packer teams that he'll play for, um, if he even is moved, because as we talked about last week, I mean, he didn't win anything. The Packers still control his rights for next year. But it, say we're in a world where Aaron Rodgers is on the Broncos, Jordan Love is the quarterback for the Packers who who is competing with Philadelphia Miami right like that's it like like name name another team that is remote maybe Vegas like who is remotely competing with I use the word competing only in the literal sense here with Philadelphia to acquire Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson could be on the market as well yeah and so that's the thing like if you're if you're a team next year if you are the Eagles or whoever and your choice is between Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson maybe you believe Deshaun Watson to be the superior player but Russell all corporate stuff aside is a perfect face of your franchise yeah zero off-field worries with Russell Wilson although like not this is not to say that we should be suspicious of Russell Wilson in any way but remember before all of this Deshaun Watson was that guy he was the guy with the squeaky clean image off the field so, yeah, you know, you but, can't but Russell's, bank on that. Russell's body of work in that capacity is much larger. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I think it's I'm not saying you're saying otherwise. I think it's much safer to trust that Russell Wilson is, is far more trustworthy in that sense. But but yeah, oh, maybe New Orleans, maybe New Orleans. Like if, if yeah. you really want to float conspiracy theories, like maybe New Orleans is out here doing 2022 homework. And that would be that would be to me the only Again, I feel like I've said this a lot, but I, for lack of a better word, because there are no good words with this situation, it's such a gross story to talk about. But the only thing that makes sense as to why the Eagles or anyone would move now on Deshaun Watson would be that they feel like they are not going to be the team that's going to be able to land him. Threats and deadlines spur action, for sure. And uh, I'm sure the Jalen Hurts stuff, you know, didn't make them feel any better about it, but... I mean, we're going to see where it winds up. I, I still think that nothing is going to happen until the legal situation is resolved. We have no idea when that's going to be. I, I just don't know how your attorney, no matter how good he is, and Rusty Harden, Watson's attorney, is like the guy you go to in these situations. He defended Roger Clemens uh, back in the day, if, you, if anyone remembers that. I don't know how you make all of this go away. That I mean, that that's why he gets paid, I'm sure, a crazy amount. But, man... 22 civil suits, 10 criminal complaints. Good luck. I, I've i said this before. I and I've, One of my really good friends is a Texans fan, a guy I went to college with. And for anyone who's unfamiliar, College Station, where Texas A&M is, is really close to Houston. So uh, I went to school with a lot of Texans fans and, and Houston-based fans in general. And they're, they're all kind of down on their luck right now, especially uh, last night's stats after the Astros lost to the Dodgers. But um, he, he is so disconnected from football fandom. Like it, it is sad to me as his friend um, to kind of see this and, and where this has gone. And so, but 
he is in this state of like, you know, such like disarray. And I feel for the Texans. The Texans have made a number of egregious errors, right? Like you can certainly point, you pick huh. pick one. But the NFL is really hanging them out to dry here by not intervening with Deshaun Watson. I mean, I feel so much for David Coley, who has to deal with this. I mean, like last week, the circus of like, he's playing safety, he's playing running back. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really awkward. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that, that that is a really just a shame that the NFL has left the Texans organization, David Culley out to dry again, that organization has a lot of flaws, but I mean, this is what, what can they do? You know, like it's not even like their hands are tied. Like they're just in this awkward mess right now. I just say, take Deshaun Watson off the field. Just take him off the field. He doesn't need to be out there pretend practicing. And I know he has to do that because they changed the rules about holdouts and he doesn't want to be charged $50,000 a day or whatever it is. But it's just stupid, Emma. Like, you see the videos, and he's, like, literally walking through the practice. Like, it's such a joke. Just just don't put him out there. Like, what is the point? We all know what's going on. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we hope to see or what we expect to see tonight in the Hall of Fame game and in the Hall of Fame inductions over the weekend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on The Look Ahead, and for the first time in many, many weeks, RJ, we have a game to look ahead to. Hall of Fame game, Steelers, Cowboys. It's going to be the return, finally, of Dak Prescott. He's finally... Oh, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. He's not going to play. Yeah, and people are going to panic about the muscle strain. He wouldn't have played anyway. You know what I mean? Like, this is the Hall of Fame game. If they're... Look, I love the Hall of Fame. Love Canton, Ohio. If there is a truly meaningless game on the NFL calendar, it is the Hall of Fame game. Uh, but it will provide us an opportunity to look at other players. I'm sure Ben DiNucci will play a lot. I know you're a big Ben DiNucci guy. The uh, Nooch. Call, that's right. We call him the Nooch over at BTB. I'm glad that nickname has stuck. Um, so uh, hopefully we see Micah Parsons play a little bit. Uh, Micah actually shared on his Instagram story on Wednesday night. Uh, he was at, I forget what hotel it was in Cleveland, but he, that was where he was drafted, was in Cleveland because I was with the draft and now his first NFL game was there. That's pretty cool for him. Cool little full circle thing. Yeah, that's great. I know you're jealous and you're sad that Micah Parsons is going to be a better player than Trey Lance. That's okay. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, from a Cowboys perspective, you at least want to see some of these backup quarterbacks do something in case Dak does miss a little bit of time. Cause I feel like you were in the boat that I was in when your starting quarterback goes down and the backups were so hideously bad to just preclude you from winning the game. You cannot have it. You need somebody that can at least keep the ship afloat. 
So aren't you watching tonight to see, like, just give me something, some reason to think that if Dak does miss a little bit of time, which, by the way, I I would be a little worried if I were you, that at least the Cowboys season is not going to be down the tubes. Dak's going to be fine. So um, you can take what you just said and put it somewhere else. Uh, but, um, yeah, I agree. And it's incredible hubris that we've seen from the Cowboys stats, you know, after Tony Romo missed 11 games in or 12 games rather in 2015, the Cowboys responded in terms of adding quarterback depth for their fragile quarterback by doing absolutely nothing. Uh, they, re- <laughs> they returned Kellen Moore, uh, who was the backup quarterback at the time and entered camp with him as the QB two. And the only, you know, thing that they added was a fourth round pick uh, in Dak Prescott. Kellen Moore got hurt. Tony Romo got hurt. Thankfully, Dak Prescott wound up being awesome. The Cowboys got lucky among all luckiest possibilities. So, you know, hey, let's just fast forward uh, five years. And, you know, they're in the exact same situation coming off a season where their quarterback missed 11 games. And what do they do? How do they respond? They do absolutely nothing. Uh, Garrett Gilbert, who started for them last season, ironically against the Pittsburgh Steelers, played really well in that game. Although uh, I have said before that I you know, not the biggest fan of the Steelers. I think they were a bit of a shell themselves over the second half of the last season. I think the Cowboys kind of caught them at that time, right when they were really starting to fall apart. But still, Gilbert looked great. Um, and they brought Cooper Rush back, who has been with the team for a majority of his career. They actually cut him last year. And because Jason Garrett is super predictable, he wound up on the Giants roster for a bit before he wound up back in Dallas. And then, of course, the Cowboys seventh round draft pick last year, Ben DiNucci. I mean, look, the Tom Moore used to say that the Colts did not really practice with any other quarterback besides Peyton Manning because if he went down, they were screwed. They don't practice screwed. He did not say that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I, I understand, like, okay, we don't need to, like, really, really, really prioritize this position because if Dak goes down again, we're screwed, right? Like, no, nothing's going to save us that way. However, if Dak has to miss a game, he has to miss two games, whatever, you need a dude who can keep the ship afloat. And we're assuming here that the rest of your team is intact, which was not the case last year when they were down there two tackles. I do think that Andy Dalton could have been that guy last year. If, if everybody else had been healthy and Dak had had to miss like a game or two, I do think that Andy Dalton could have come in. And, and I mean, he did win games. He's won more games as the backup Cowboys quarterback than anybody in the last, you know, 20 in the 21st century, at least. Um, I don't think Garrett Gilbert's that guy. I know that Cooper Rush is not that guy. I know that Ben DiNucci is not that guy. Um, so the silver lining to Dak's current injury is that Garrett Gilbert has gotten a lot more opportunities at training camp. Um, and I do think it will be nice. I've, we, I hope they don't play Cooper Rush. We've seen enough of Cooper Rush. Undrafted free agent in 2017. We don't need any more Cooper Rush. But Ben DiNucci is a seventh-round pick from a year ago who did not get a preseason to play in but actually had to start a regular season game. So I'm all for letting Ben DiNucci learn and thrive and grow at the NFL level. But um, it's just it's dumb to me that they really didn't attack this position with a little bit more authority. Are the reports on C.D. Lamb accurate? Because everything I read about C.D. Lamb is that he is lighting it up so far. C.D. Lamb is going to hit God mode this year. Um, Mm. He is he is surpassing all of the hype, which it was a very difficult thing to do. Um, he is the clear winner of camp so far. Uh, a friend of mine that works for DallasCowboys.com, David Hellman, a long time ago used to refer to things that Des Bryant would do at camp as just a Des thing because there were there were things that only Des could do at camp because he was such a freak. CD is approaching that territory. 
um, which is appropriate given the the number, obviously. Um, he's he's just really special, and he's having a, you know his success against the Cowboys' best corner. Um, make of that what you will, but it's the Cowboys' best corner. But it's Trayvon Diggs, who's a really you know was a highly regarded prospect, played well last season, led the Cowboys in interceptions last year. Um, he is um, he's a freak, man. I mean. I would not take many overs on the Cowboys this season from a statistical standpoint, just because I think a lot of people think this offense is going to like 6,000 yards. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case because I think this defense is going to be better, but I do would, I would absolutely take all the overs on CD Lane. One thing from the Steelers side that you might want to keep an eye on tonight. And I cannot believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Dwayne Haskins has been looking good at training camp. According to the reports, he's obviously a backup in Pittsburgh. I imagine he'll get a lot of run in the game tonight do you believe Dwayne Haskins I don't believe in it but I do think it's wise to to give him as many opportunities as they can he's still a young player too like I'm not ready to you know write him off yet uh certainly he's had some off the field things that um I I you know some people are ready to kind of ultimately move on from him from as a result of but I mean I'm not ready to you know there's still talent I I would like to see this but similar to the Cowboys like this was your grand plan, Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like for, for super old Ben Roethlisberger, who is not in like, wow, big Shaco and big Ben showed up to camp. He's not in the most elite shape of all time. Wow. <laughs> uh, what? I can't believe he said that and was actually wrong. Um, but like, there's a lot of hopes pinned to, you know, like that, that's a team that has depended on a lot of backup quarterbacks in recent memory. And I don't just mean like last year, the year before we talked about Michael Vick earlier, he was a backup. The Steelers depended yep. on, I mean, like, you know, that they we've seen, you know, because of Ben Roethlisberger's lack of, you know, injury sustainability, we've all had to hear every major network make the Duck Hodges jokes. I mean, so I I just I'm interested to see how this works out. I I kind of hope he plays well just because I I would like to see Pittsburgh compete, but I I think that I don't know. That's it's it, they they feel like the little piggy that made their house out of out of straw. You know what I mean? Just like one blow is gonna blow them all down. Yeah, that's things are definitely not built on a solid foundation in Pittsburgh. And I have no faith in whether it's Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or Josh Dobbs or whoever they have there. Uh, if Ben is, you know, not even if he goes down, because if he's the same guy we saw at the end of last year, they're not going anywhere this year. Um, but I'm excited to have football back tonight. I'll be watching it. I don't care that I won't know most of the players by the time the first quarter is over. You'll probably get some juicy little nuggets for Hard Knocks when that debuts on August 10th, RJ. So it's a big day for you. Uh, Moving to the Hall of Fame now is going to be a big weekend for a lot of people because there are 15 members, or I should say new members, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame being inducted on Saturday and Sunday. And I don't know about you, but the guy who I'm most looking forward to hearing from is Peyton Manning. I think his Hall of Fame speech is going to be spectacular. Most of them are terrible i don't even think they should air most of them because usually it's just a list of names from people that impacted the hall of famer in their career which nobody even knows or cares about but i think peyton's speech is going to be fantastic and i'm sure he's practiced it 800 times already yeah peyton is um i mean he's an entertainer and i'm happy that he's had experience in the media not that he was short on it when he retired but um to kind of prepare himself for this i i just i'm really fascinated to hear who he thinks specifically because i think i mean we're gonna hear you know we're gonna hear the obvious names and i think like i'm, I'm excited to see who he he particularly shouts out like i feel like brandon stokely will get a lot of play there um <laughs> uh, you know what i mean like it's just really pre- tom moore obviously will be referenced yep uh tony dungy uh 
maybe John Fox. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, it will be really interesting to hear. Peyton is going to be awesome. A name for him I tried to make a thing that never clicked was Peytonium. I thought that was such a cool nickname that I created for him, but nobody ever really liked it. So it is what it is. Um, I stats, um, I'm kind of excited to see John Lynch, honestly, in, in a weird way. Like, he's a great speaker, too. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how his speech goes. There are three Cowboys going in over the weekend. Cliff Harris, Captain Crash from the 70s. Drew Pearson, I think, is maybe going to have the most iconic moment of, of the weekend. I mean, Peyton will have the best speech. We both know that. But uh, but Drew, Drew has wanted this for so long. A lot of people remember after the Centennial class was announced, there was he had a whole camera crew at his house because he thought that was fine of the year. <laughs> yep. he, was, he was devastated. Uh, and I, I love how authentic he's been about how much it means to him. I'm not a fan of when guys are like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, because, you know, like the Cal, I, I know you don't believe in it, but like the Calvin Johnsons of the world have always been like, you know, earmarked for the Hall of Fame. And so like, when they try to be humble and downplay like dude you're going into the hall of fame like you can you can elevate yourself that's that's a good thing here uh so i love how much it means to drew pearson my the speech i personally can't wait to hear the most is jimmy johnson's just because like you know we heard jerry jones talk about the beginning of cowboys camp how he uh screwed it up again he did not say the word screwed uh between he and jimmy and so i'm fascinated to hear what he's going to say about jerry I, I think I might lose it when he talks about Troy, just because, I mean, that was that was the thing. That was the connection. Again, people who don't know, Jimmy tried to recruit Troy Aikman twice, uh, first out of high school when he went to Oklahoma, and then he transferred, and Troy ultimately went to UCLA, and then Jimmy happened to be the team that, or the coach, the team that had the number one overall pick in 1989. So their relationship is so special, especially with the fact that they've gotten to work together at Fox all these years. Uh, so I'm very excited for Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy will give a good speech for sure. Like you talk about guys with media experience. He's obviously has it. Bill Cower will give a good speech right. too. Troy Palomalu was another interesting one. Just, I think he'll have a different perspective on things. Like Drew Pearson, I think is going to, he's going to try to recreate that first year at the draft when he had that great speech and mm -hmm. everyone went crazy. And then he tried to do it again the next year. And it was just kind of a rambling thing. It wasn't nearly as good. Um, I think he's going to like try to have the best speech. I think Peyton will. And I think Palomalo is a sneaky pick if I had to put a little money down because he's just an interesting guy. And I, I, I don't know, he's a very versatile guy. He has an interesting way of looking at things. I heard him recently say that he part of the reason he retired is because he couldn't innovate anymore because he was basically like, I've played at every spot in the defense. So I'm kind of just done with this. I wouldn't I wouldn't put a past Troy to steal the show. My sort of like under the radar pick is Edgerin James. I'm I'm fascinated to hear him speak. And he had such a unique role on those Colts teams and and left before the Super Bowl run. Um, so I'm, I'm also like, I can't wait to hear what Peyton says about him. You know, like I, I'm really fascinated by that. Um, I think the person who's going to try to overly hype their team is going to be Isaac Bruce. I think he's going to be like, we were the greatest Ooh. offense of all time. You know, like he's going to have like, there's always that person that like really makes that kind of, and maybe that it's a fair proclamation, but, uh, but it's, it's going to turn into a competition for Isaac Bruce. I think. Well, uh, he's already said that he and Tory Holt were the best wide receiver combo of all time, which is just asinine on a thousand different levels because he, they clearly were not, but you're right. I could see him stumping for that.
Um, not there's not a speech happening this weekend, but I did want to give a lot of credit and a lot of love to Steve Sable, who's entering the yeah. Hall of Fame, like technically entering this weekend, um, obviously posthumously. Um, Steve Sable, I I think I speak for you, stats. I mean, is a huge reason why we are football fans. Um, you mentioned Hard Knocks coming up. Um, I mean, obviously a product of NFL Films. Um, I I mean I. I love NFL films. I've had lots of their producers on our shows at Blog and the Boys. I love how they work, how they innovate, how they design, how they create. And they are all so, you know, complimentary to Steve Sable and what he did and his father uh, and what they did and what they founded. I mean, you know, speaking of hard knocks, um, I, I got some stats from our friends at HBO stats. The number of NFL films production staff assigned to hard knocks this year, 120 people. The number of crew living with the team in Oxnard, 34. The number of cameras assigned to shoot, 20. Uh, the number of consecutive days the crews will work on the series, 57. And the number of hours expected to shoot, 1,750. Nobody grinds like NFL films. It is one of the reasons football is the monster that it is today. Because four of the most powerful words in the English language are tell me a story. And nobody does that better than NFL films. They realize that there's so much to tell from just guys on the sideline conversations that they have, things that come up during the week, during the game planning. They brought it to you in a way that no one had ever done before. And they they created like a football universe. And it has sucked you in. It has sucked me in. And I I love it. I live it. I breathe it. Obviously, it's my life. And we have a huge debt of gratitude to both Sables, you're right. This will be a very cool weekend. I'm just, you know, the Hall of Fame is always great. Hearing speeches is always great. Seeing guys like hug and love one one another is always really great. Um, I like it better with the game ahead of it, so that you know you don't have that kind of hanging over things. Um, so outside of Peyton, who who has like what is regarded to be as the best speech? Like who who does Twitter feel gave the best speech, with the exception of Peyton Manning? Oh, Twitter is going to say it was Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson is going to get a lot of love. No one's going to be willing to say that he actually didn't have the best speech. Yeah, I agree with that, especially because there's a lot of Cowboys fans on Twitter. Will Calvin Johnson say something disparaging about the Detroit Lions? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Like, and then <laughs> he, he will. And like, I actually think it will be more of like a sub comment. Yeah, um, like it'll be like, you know, I would have played five more years if I, you know, for some, like it, it will be something like that, like the headline in, in in Detroit media on Monday will be like Calvin Johnson says, you know, he, he's he cut his career short because of Lions ownership or Lions this or Lions that. Yeah. I actually think that Calvin's going to give a lot of love to Matthew Stafford. He probably will. I mean, he should. Let's be honest, but we will see. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. If you do not follow the SB Nation NFL show, what the hell are you waiting for? Give us a follow. Give us a rating and a review. One more quick thing for you, RJ, before we go. Really quick, if you could only get one, do you want a gold jacket or a green jacket? Green jacket, easily. I mean, what? Yeah, because I mean, you can. You'd win rather a... win the Masters than be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't. I mean, I love everything about the NFL, but the old like, and I, I think, I think a lot of Hall. I think Dan Marino would trade his gold jacket for a Super Bowl ring. I think he would. I mean, I, that's I think there's different though. There's only no, one but, championship in football. There's but, four majors in golf, but that's what, but like the masters is the, the main one, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm saying. Like if, if like, if I could choose one in the NFL, you know, a Super Bowl ring or a gold jack, I would take a Super Bowl ring. And I think you would too. 
And so like, you can't like, if, if it's, if the gold jacket, isn't even the thing I would cover the most in the NFL, I would definitely take a green jacket over. Dude, I would take the. Are you nuts? Take immortality. You know how many forgettable winners of the Masters there have been? A None. ton. Zero. A ton. No. You know, uh-uh. Winners of the Masters are like presidents. People remember like the first one, the one with the funny hat, and that's it. Okay. No one remembers like randomly who won the Masters in like 1992. Like, when, they're Fred, Cu- Fred Couples wanted in 1992. It was a big ass deal. Him and Jim Nance because they practiced it, you know, when they were in college at the University of Houston. Everybody knows that. so many <laughs> forgettable winners of the Masters. How many Hall of Famers are there? Almost none. It's the elite of the elite. Give me the Hall of Fame over any single championship. I disagree. Um, winning the Masters, thank you, Bear, puts you into the most exclusive club on earth. Number two is What the are Hall you talking about, the most exclusive club? It's harder to get into the Hall of Fame than it is to get into Augusta. I, I, I mean, you can only there – are, there are certain benefits, if you want to call them that, in life that are only afforded to you if you are a master's champion that that isn't as true for being a hall of famer like you, you know can't what I'm even wear, you can't even wear the green jacket if you're not at augusta they take that's, it away from you that's what makes it so incredible and so valuable and so like coveted i mean it is it is the fraternity of all fraternities I think it's a bunch of jerks. I'll take the gold jacket any day of the week. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Stats on Fire. He's at RJ Ochoa. Or if you want to put it in your review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, we'd love to hear from you. RJ, enjoy the game tonight. Good luck to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good luck to everyone going into the Hall of Fame. And we'll talk to you next week. Check out Block on the Boys on YouTube. We'll be live after the Cowboys beat the Steelers by 100 points.